Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. So, Dime, I want to start with a question my sister always asks me when we haven't talked for a few days or whatever. She says, how are you doing? How's your spirit? How I'm doing is better. How's my spirit? Solid. As far as in terms of the NBA, not the best. Outside the NBA, it's it's better than it's been in the past. So doing well. Yourself? Good, good. Yeah. Um, getting situated, you know, uh, lead writer at Silver Screen and Roll. So it's like week two, week three. And obviously when the NBA season starts, like all our schedules kind of start revolving around that. I always kind of joke with anyone. If you want to know if I'm available, check if the Lakers play first, because that's the automatic answer. If the Lakers play, I'm not available. There's no question about it. And if they don't play, then we can talk about, okay, do I have anything planned already or whatever? So, you know, getting used to the NBA season, obviously we love it. We miss it. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. So overall, I'm doing good too. Everything's kind of, you know, been going well and just kind of getting used to it and, and seeing how things go, you know, trying to make it a Thanksgiving pretty much at this point. So, all right, let's jump into the games here. We have We have to start. First off, in chronological order, it makes sense. And also, that's what this podcast is, right? Lakers, Clippers, Sparks. Lakers, Clippers, head-to-head, mano-a-mano, the neighbors clashing together, Lakers, Clippers. Before we get into all of it, I just want your quick thoughts on the game. Just really quick. What do you think, Lakers, Clippers, you know, uh, this newest, latest rendition? Well, I did say, I think, on one of the episodes that I felt like you guys were due this season at some point. It was an amazing start from Kawhi, but I think both teams were a little shorthanded. You had the Lakers missing Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura, and I forget the fourth player, uh, Torian Prince. And the Clippers had just traded for James Harden, so you don't have the front court depth, and you're losing the guy that you're making this trade for. You still don't have Terrence Mann. So the Clippers, I think what happened was – Kawhi Leonard and Paul George guarded Austin Reeves and LeBron throughout the game, and they didn't have the legs to close the game. And I think LeBron was had one of his better games against the Clippers as a Laker and had a, the better fourth quarter than any Clipper player. And D'Lo had probably his best game of the season, I'd say, so far. So yeah. good win for the Lakers. Fed off the home crowd as well in the second half. And I think the Clippers, I know that makes sounds like an excuse because you guys are missing role players, but we were really missing – I guess you could say our third best player. You still had your four guys, D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, AD, and you got good games from D'Lo, LeBron, and AD. I don't really remember how Reeves played in that particular game, but that's my takeaway from it is that, you know, Bones Highland was put in a position where he's playing too many minutes. You know, I remember LeBron seeking him out and pick and roll a good amount in the second half, but overall that was my thing. I don't want Kawhi Leonard guarding and Paul George guarding the best players all the time. How many stars in the NBA – that are number one and two options are guarding the best players all the time. That's just not, you know, so that's my takeaway of it. Good win for the Lakers. And after we traded for Harden, it's like, we don't have Harden. I mean, I'm just not going to trip on the losses as much. You know, my, my uh, loving, like my, the nervousness I had for this team was because I didn't want Harden. I wanted to see, I wanted everyone to see that Westbrook, Kawhi and Paul with their supporting cast, if they could be healthy, could develop great chemistry and, and be the second best team in the West behind Denver. But now that that isn't the case, it's kind of a crapshoot now. So I'm just letting it happen and seeing if it crashes and burns or if it works out great. You, what were your right. thoughts? I mean, how did it feel to finally beat us? <laughs> it, it felt, it felt, I didn't feel like a victory lap. I mean, obviously, you know me on Twitter. I'm not going to troll too, too much. Uh, Dude, LeBron but it, it threw the ball so high, you thought he won the Larry OB. 
Oh my god, you guys, come on. Look, that <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, uh, it does matter a little bit. Obviously, it does matter to LeBron. He's mentioned it before, right? He's he's gone on record on his podcast saying if his mom, you know, played in a Clipper jersey, she he banged the ball on there. So obviously it did mean something to LeBron. LeBron talked post-game. I was there, you know, covering it for Super Screen and Roll. He did talk post-game about this game does matter. It's a rivalry, it's it's a local thing. So whether I care about it or not, it doesn't matter because the players care about it, right? So he 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 was very public about, yeah, this this is not a regular game. It, it, there's a little bit more attention to it, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. But for me, it was just relief. I'm like, thank, I'm, I was sick of just losing to you guys. It was just too much. Like I, I don't care enough, but at a certain point, like I said, it's annoying little brother. And at a certain point, you're like, okay, somebody, can you shut him up, please? Like just, I don't want this hanging over me um, for like the you know twelve time in a row. Like come on, that's that's too many. That's too many. So yeah. that's what it was for me. It was relief and be like, okay, cool. It's over. Now we can get back to just like this game being a little more regular and that kind of thing. Same thing, obviously, you know, again, you don't want to make excuses, but it's just context. The Clippers were on a back-to-back. The Lakers had an extra day of rest. Yeah, both teams were shorthanded, but hey, that's how it goes. And the Clippers were running it. They were up by 19 points. I thought it was over. You know, we, we, we chat a lot, like, you know, group messages, group chats. I was like, oh, this is done. Like, there's no way they're going to come back. And they did, you know, Le- LeBron stepped up big. Reeves hit some shots late. And, you know, again, LeBron carried in the fourth. Yeah, the Clippers got a little gas, but hey, you were up 19. Like, I think at that point, you got to figure it out, right? And props to the Lakers for not quitting. They could have definitely threw in the towel and said, you know what? I know I threw in the towel. I was there and I'm like, yeah, this is over. Like, you know, whatever. And they didn't. So again, they're competitors. They compete. They kept fighting. Uh, LeBron started picking on PJ Tucker, especially in that in that fourth quarter. He was just like, hey, this is food right here. And he just went to work and you know, Kawhi was a little bit tired. PG fouled out. You know, there were some some late calls there that that kind of you know hurt as well for the Clippers. And hey, Lakers took advantage. They were able to win the game. So that's kind of you know just a quick thoughts on it. We'll get a little bit more into it, but I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience covering it because yeah, let's uh, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, one thing is um, going, which I'm sure you know because you've gone to so many Clippers games. Going to the game, it's always different than watching at home. It's always better because you get to see the actual environment the players, the fans, the tension in the room, like TV can, can like emulate a lot of it, but it can't replicate it. You can feel things. And the minute I got there, I knew this game was a big deal compared to the other game. Cause I've gone to, you know, other Laker games. I've also covered other Laker games. I covered the, the um, previous game the Lakers had, I believe it was with uh, the Kings. Uh, no, it was with the Kings. Orlando. Orlando. Thank you. Yeah. You remember more than I did. Yeah. I was at the Orlando game. It felt kind of quote unquote normal. And when I got to crypto for Lakers Clippers, it was different. I got there around the same time, like two hours before, because I'm allowed in two hour, two and a half hours before. So I'm there around the two hour mark. And right away, in, last time I was there for the Orlando game, you know, fans weren't in, weren't around yet. You know, they, they can't get in yet. This one, no, people were congregating by the statues. People were already like waiting to get in. I'm like, oh, and the line for my credential, usually I have to wait zero seconds. It's just a little gate I go to. And then I just give my information and I get in, right? This time I'm like, oh, no, there's a line. Everyone's here. Everyone from TNT. Everyone from ESPN, people who don't go to even come to Laker games are here. All the Lakers people are here. All the Clippers people are here. It's packed to the gills. And I'm like, oh, this is different. This is going to be like max capacity, high intensity. You and, go by the entrance, by the, the Lexus entrance? The VIP yes, exactly. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. And right there it was just a line of people. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is different. I haven't experienced this. And then when you go in, you felt the energy right away. It, you, the, the crowd was there. Usually, Laker crowd, they're not as bad as the Miami Heat crowd was like after this. But, you know, they might take a little longer to get in. When I when I saw right like five minutes before uh, the game kicked off, I 
I didn't really see any empty seats. And for the Magic game, you know, you, you, they'll fill up after like five, ten minutes. But here it was like, oh, no, they're here five, ten minutes early. I'm like, oh, okay, it's different. You know, you, you heard the chants. The defense chants were louder than they were in any of moments in the Orlando games. I'm like, oh, the, the fans also are like, hey, let, let's let's get into this. We're going to get into this right away. So you could you could feel the energy, whether I agree or disagree or whatever. Like, the fans were clearly aware. Lakers, Clippers, we're going to be here early. Let's go. So that was definitely uh, the biggest kind of thing for me experiencing it live is that it did matter. I'm sure, uh, you know, Lakers, Celtics, uh, Christmas Day is going to be a, a, a zoo over there. But, yeah, it definitely was a different experience experiencing it live. And you could definitely tell that the fans cared, uh, the players cared, and the attention in all aspects. It was just more attention, more focus, because, like, yeah, this is a big game. This is a nationally covered game. And it was the first segment on just about every television radio show the next morning. What happened with Lakers Clippers? What happened with LeBron? What happened in that game? So uh, my main takeaways from the game, let, let's kind of get into that. You kind of already touched on a little bit. For me, it was just, again, relief to the Lakers won. Uh, great comeback. And, again, LeBron just even this deep in his career. I know people get sick of hearing about it, but it's like, I don't think we're realizing how ridiculous, like it's literally unprecedented territory to be this dominant. Like, can you imagine dime, you know, you, we see the, these new, these podcasters coming up, right? Can you imagine, you know, in a few years, we're going to hear about some 25 year old who's like, I went for a layup and LeBron at 41 squatted it, you know, like what the heck's going on. And that's, what's really like, especially seeing them live, like, I do notice the fear in players' eyes when he goes downhill. Like, they start looking. They start, like, looking around. I'm like, oh, like, I'm not saying they're scared, like, intimidated. But they're, like, definitely, like. Well, physically, physically it is intimidating. Yeah. I, I've seen it in Orlando and Clippers players' eyes. And, again, no shade or anything. It's just, like, I can see they're, like, holy crap. I'm guarding LeBron. He's going downhill. They're looking for where the help is. And they're, like. And they don't do that when any other player on the Lakers has the ball. But when LeBron has it, they're looking around, like. God help me because I'm not trying to get cooked here. I don't want to get, you know, his chest is his shoulder in my chest and I'm flying and he's dominating me. Like what's going on? Where's my help? And I'm like, Oh, they, there is a presence and a power he has that I haven't seen on any other player on that roster. And yeah, it, it was incredible to see uh, for the Clippers. How'd you feel, you know, in those closing minutes, trying to still rally back. How'd you feel about like the play calls that were made about, about the way the team kind of handled those closing minutes and, and kind of letting it slip away there. What were your thoughts there with that? I know the team was obviously limited with the Harden trade and not having Harden, the main player uh, on the roster just yet. Yeah. I think the Clippers are kind of playing from behind towards the end. They made those threes, got back in it. Lakers made clutch free throws. I think they didn't really have that many options because of the sh shorthandedness of the situation. But Westbrook, uh, I, I'm I love him. But the last five minutes, I've always said it's not ideal because it's, we have two better players that we want to give the ball to, and off the ball in those situations, he isn't really going to be guarded, and the ball tends to find non-shooters the end of games, and it just makes Russ look bad. So I think that he sometimes shouldn't close, and the reason why I was so thankful for Westbrook is that last season there was a game or two where Clippers didn't close with him and he was the biggest cheerleader on the bench still. And, and the Lakers, you didn't see that level of accepting his role, you know? So yeah. I would say Russ closing uh, was, was tough. I think a lot of everybody was like that. The people that were really pro Harden trade were like, this is where we needed Harden so bad. But in my opinion, the reason why we Kawhi and Paul were so tired is because they were spending too much energy on defense throughout the game. You had LeBron who was really in attack mode. And Kawhi had to fight through too many screens for me. Like at, at, with Kawhi's injury history, you know, he's on the older side of 33. LeBron's on the youngest side of 41, <laughs> 41, 38. 38 yeah. 
So, yeah, I think they got they got gassed, and the D'Lo was was better than any other you know player that we had. I think Westbrook he had a decent game, but defensively was his worst game at that point. But yeah, he was he was actually pretty good in that game. Twenty four points, eleven rebounds, eight assists. A couple of crucial turnovers by Russ, though I will say six turnovers. So I think part of it was it was Russ's first game. We didn't even mention that Russ's first game at Lake at Lakers, you know, crowd, you know, since becoming. And you a know Clipper. what? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like the crowd. I was worried, and I heard some people on Twitter being like, "Oh, he got real big boos." I'm like, you know what? Honestly, it was mixed, and I think overall it was more love than hate. I was shocked I think- he didn't get booed on every touch. I thought you guys were gonna boo him on every touch, but I'm actually impressed. It, it really goes to show that Russ still has so much falling in LA because he's from here. I think that's what it really is. Because you put any player that's maybe the UCLA love, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a UCLA. But here's the thing: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the best player in UCLA history. And I saw a video in the 72 All-Star game of the All-Star game being at the Forum. And because he had beaten the Lakers in the previous year, Laker fans booed him. So I guess UCLA players aren't off limits. I think it really is that he's from Los Angeles that people are like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to boo a Los Angeles native in his own city. So, And I think the other thing is too, I know on Twitter it can be kind of toxic, but I think in general, the, the in general, I think Laker fans understand that, hey, it didn't work. But not all that was Russ's fault. And it was just kind of the fit didn't match. And, hey, it was kind of ugly. But you know what? At the end of the day, again, it was it was more the, the money and what they gave up for him that really just didn't didn't really pan out. So, yeah, personally, that's how I feel about Russ. I'm like, I don't hate Russ. It didn't work. I wish it did. It just didn't. And it was better to move on. So, when he was coming to town, I wasn't like, boo. It wasn't like the Dwight Howard thing where I feel like Dwight Howard, his first thing, it's like, you really dogged it. Like, you know, like, you should have came back. Like, I, I don't like how any of that went. That's not how it felt. Like the Dwight Mayer season really did feel like Dwight. You just didn't understand Dwight what Mayer it took. Season. Yeah, Dwight I, haven't, Mayer I season. haven't heard. I haven't heard that one. Hey, well, we'll say though, uh, one of the best up there with the best year seventeen seasons of all time for Kobe before he went down. That was a generational, yeah. like I'm not gonna let us not make the playoffs thing. Exactly. Yeah. So so it didn't feel like that. So I think that's why you also got that again the LA thing. You know, and again I think people figured it wasn't like. It wasn't like that kind of thing where his effort wasn't there. It was just like, hey, the match doesn't work. You're, you're getting a little older. The money's too much. We give up too much for you. It was more the situation. So I think that's why it was mixed. There were some boos. I'm not going to say there weren't boos, but there definitely were some cheers. I heard cheers, and I don't think it was Clipper fans. I think it was Laker fans being like, hey, like, no hard feelings. Like, it's all good. We moved on. You moved on. Like, we're done with it. So, But Russ definitely, definitely wanted that one. When he when he hit those threes on LeBron, he did his little like, you know, thing and all that. Yeah, he was he was feeling himself. I'm like, okay, Russ, I'm like, take it easy. Take it easy. Like, I will boo you. <laughs> well, I can't because I'm you know, immediate. But like in my head, I'm like, all right, calm down, buddy. Calm down. But oh, I, I get it. I got a question for you. How hard has it been to to not even just be like, yes, like when the, something good happens? I hope there's not a camera literally watching me. <laughs> but yeah, you 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 learn how to control it. Um but one thing I'll say is the media does move, react a little. We're not like stoic, like we're watching yeah. the classical thing. So there, there will be like, for example, when when D'Lo made that dunk, everyone was like, "What was that?" When he did it against Orlando, there wasn't cheering, but it was like, "Whoa, okay, you really like dunked that thing." Uh, and the same thing with like, um, with that. Like, I, I think I'm I'm pretty controlled. Obviously, I'm not going to do anything that's going to get me in trouble. But you know, I might do like a ooh or like a hmm. But then I'm like, okay, let's just bring it down. Don't. Don't make it a big deal. So you you can move. It's not like you can't like move. But yes, you can't be like up clapping or like you know you can't do that. Yeah, that'll that'll get you out of there. So you do have to control yourself and remind yourself a little bit. But it hasn't been too hard because 
like I said, you can you can move a little. You don't you don't have to be a statue, but you do have to remember that hey, like <laughs> you can't when a when Boston comes, I'm gonna have to remind myself for sure I'm being my best behavior because um yeah, but I'll, also I'll be like in a Lakers area where you know maybe there won't be too many people upset about <laughs> about that. But it, it is something you have to monitor for sure because you know it, it's uh, you have to try to be as, as neutral as possible and just do your job, not not interrupt anybody else. Uh, but yeah, I, I did notice when when uh, when Rose was doing that, I'm like, wow, okay. So again, it didn't matter. There's there's some feistiness, and it, it's always fun when there's like you know a little bit of that sauce on there. Especially nowadays, people say, oh, they're all friends, and yeah, you know, you saw LeBron and Kawhi like you know hanging out after. But when like I say, when for most of these players though, when when the ball's in the air and they're playing, they're, they're competing. It's afterwards that they'll hang out and be friends. But you know, they they weren't friends <laughs> during that game. They were competing hard, and it was a pretty good game. All right, so. Let's move on now to Harden's intro presser. <laughs> I want to see what Dive thinks about this. Um, I wasn't really, you know, thinking anything was going to happen with this thing. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, he's going to say the right things, of course. Like, I always say with press conferences, especially, like, you know, unveiling of a player, they're pretty, like, unimportant and not a big deal. But I will say, and that's what I say about media day. You can't win on media day, but you can lose on media day by saying the wrong things. That's the thing. It's like all you gotta do is say the right things. Are you gonna do that, or are you gonna say something that makes people go, "Hey, did you hear what so and so said?" You know, at media day. And I think Harden was trying to toe that line, and of course, we got the the famous quote that came out of that, where he's like, uh, "I'm not a system player. I am the system." So, Dime, from your perspective, did you watch the whole press conference? Did you just see it on Twitter and think, what the heck's going on? What was your experience uh, when Harden was officially introduced as an L.A. Clipper? Oh, man. Seeing the Clipper <laughs> journey was crazy. It felt photoshopped. I couldn't believe it. Felt like it was AI? It was a nightmare. But I will say, the I, I first when I heard that system thing, I was like, oh, my God. Are we getting started here? And so then I watched the whole thing. It was You got to watch the whole thing. I watched the whole thing and, like, I wasn't that moved by like it wasn't it didn't change my mind that much. I'd say people were people were like he said it because he's saying he just wants to have an open line of communication with Ty Lue and do whatever it takes. I'm like I heard the part about having an open line of communication with Ty Lue, but when he said I am I am a system, I think he just meant he literally has been asked to be the system before. He can run an offense, like that's the kind of stuff that he can do, and yeah. he's right in the sense that he was the guy that he was literally the Mac D'Antoni made him the system in Houston. That's true. But just a weird quote to hear from a guy that's coming to be a third option. And I just, but I will say first, actually, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun, but that, that was my initial reaction. Like I just, here we go. That was, that was my reaction. Yeah. I had a similar one with uh, the, I am the system. I'm like, well, that's a bar. So I'm like, and like you, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did watch, um, the earlier segments but leading up to the quote, right? Not just the quote, not just the clip. I, I watched the leading up to it. And yeah, like I said, I think you can take from it what you want. And there's definitely a concern. You know, the, the rumblings before was Harden wants more. He wants more. He wants more. That's why he the rumors where he's going to go to Houston. Because he's like, I just want to, I just want to cook, right? I just want to get the ball. Like the things you don't like, right? Pound the ball. Let me drop 37 because who's going to stop me? I can do that, right? And that's the fear I'm sure you have about what's going to happen when he actually plays more. We'll talk about that first game in a little bit, uh, but I, I, I kind of I saw I, I think you can see with that quote and that press conference what you want to see. If you want to see the parts where he's going to play nice, you you got your quotes you can use. And if you want to see the parts where he's not going to play nice and he's going to do his own thing, 
you also have quotes like I am the system. But it does make sense. He has been the system before. He has been, you know, part of that heliocentric basketball where he dominates in his world and then it's just about facilitating and operating that way. So we've seen him do that before and we've seen him do that at a very high level. I think if, you know, if CP3 doesn't get hurt, I think they beat those Warriors teams that way. You know, going, you know, him and CP3 just, you know, trading off. It, it did kind of work before, but obviously that was many years ago. He's a different player now. Um, so I'm definitely curious to see how it was. It was definitely interesting. And I think, you know, from the Clippers perspective, again, th this did give them a rise. Again, that that you win the press conference. I saw it, packed room. Everyone was focused on what's going on with Harden and the Clippers. And it gives them that extra cachet. Now, again, is that going to win games? Is that going to matter? The, the Lakers got the same thing when they got Russ, right? All the attention came our way. And guess what? It didn't work. So guess what? All the attention ends up being negative about how bad the team is. So it can, it's a double-edged sword, but the, the media is definitely focused on Harden and focused on the Clippers more now than they were, you know, a couple weeks ago. We'll see what, what that actually ends up meaning in the wins and loss column. That's a bar. Right. That's a bar mm -hmm. for, for people that like Harden. For someone like me that wants him to sacrifice, I'm just like, oh, here we go, man, this guy. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it got us talking. It got us talking. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, we're, we're going to be keeping an eye on what's happening with Harden and the Clippers for sure. All right, now now we got to talk about a segment I don't like talking about, but again, just like you had to talk about Harden, I have to talk about Anthony Davis and injuries. So uh, this this game just occurred yesterday. Um, the Lakers were playing the Miami Heat. They're in the middle of a four-game uh, road trip, which has not been good. The Lakers have not won a road game this year. They're over on the road. They've lost every road game, including last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> including against uh, the Miami Heat. They just lost that game. And uh, in the middle of the game, you know, I, I sent the video to the dime so you could see where it happened because it, it wasn't – the injury was weird. It wasn't one of those where he fell and, like, he hurt his leg and he's holding it. It wasn't dramatic like that. In fact, when he got injured, uh, according to AD, the play that had happened, he didn't actually, like, show any signs until, like, two plays later. It was in a defensive possession where he started ho holding his hip. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, basically just does, does a spin move. And he says during that moment, he had a spasm in his hip slash groin area and it started acting up. And then, you know, a couple of plays later, it really acts up. He has to come out of the game. He tries to come back in the third quarter. He does for a few minutes. He sits again. He does for a few minutes. He sits again for good and misses all of the fourth and the Lakers lose, even though they actually made a late rally and could have won the game. But unfortunately, a uh, Cam Reddish corner three uh, misses. LeBron had the ball. Classic LeBron play. He has the ball. He drives to the hoop. The defense collapses. He makes the right play, kicks out to a shooter who doesn't convert on the shot, and the Lakers lose. So that's happened many, many times. But again, LeBron, we can talk about that as well in a little bit. LeBron always does what he thinks is the right play. He plays that selfish brand of basketball. He's not going to do the hero ball thing. And he saw Cam open. He trusts him, gave him the ball. And he said after the game, I'll do it again. I told him afterwards, hey, I'm going to pass. If you're open, you're getting the ball. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Right now, let's focus, unfortunately, on the AD injury. So um, he talked post game afterwards saying, it's not a big deal. It's a spasm. It just it just kept acting up, so I just couldn't play. He said he feels comfortable. He's going to play on Wednesday. Uh, but the Lakers reported that he's questionable for Wednesday's game. So, obviously, this is recording on Tuesday. We don't have any more information other than he's questionable. He said he'll go. We'll see what ends up happening, you know, probably tomorrow in the early afternoon or early morning, late morning probably, because the Lakers play at 5 o'clock uh, East Coast time um, against the Rockets. So, oh, West Coast time, actually, sorry, against the Rockets. Uh, so, Dime, you saw the video you, you saw that he missed, you know, the second half there. What are your thoughts about this particular injury for Anthony Davis? Just sucks to see, you know, Anthony Davis has been playing really well. 
His stats look great. I think he can still play better, personally. I think he can play better, but I think he's been really good. I don't think he's been the reason why the Lakers are, what, three and four right now? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just sad to see. But hopefully, as you said, not too bad. And if he's back against Houston, then that would be great. If he misses one game, no big deal. Just hopefully it's not something that's too that he misses too many games for because we've seen the Lakers that AD defensively. They haven't looked too great defensively recently. So, yeah, I mean, I would be a little worried if I were a Laker fan that he doesn't miss, hopefully, hoping he doesn't miss any games. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. Obviously, every injury is different. And, again, it, it's a groin thing and it's just a spasm. So it sounds like it's similar to maybe like cramps where like it just acts up. Then it's like, hey, it's not going to get better until like, you know, you kind of rest it real quick. And with a short turnaround, having a game on Wednesday, I think that's what the biggest question mark is. I think if the game was on Friday or something and they do have a game on Friday, maybe that's why they might just say, hey, rest a little bit. I know you don't want to, but like, let's just get that extra rest. We'll get like 48 extra hours. You're good to go. But yeah, I think overall, I understand Laker fans are always going to be nervous about AD, but not every injury is the same. I don't expect 80 to play 82 games. Like I said, give me 60. You're going to get banged up here and there. That's fine. And I think one thing you can uh, take kind of comfort in is he didn't go to the locker room and stay there. He was out there with his with his teammates just on the bench kind of hanging out. I think if it was more serious, they would have taken him out, had him get checked, x-rays, all you know, the, the works, not not be just sitting there like with a, with a major injury. Let, let's get ahead of it. I think they, they were aware. He just kind of tweaked his groin a little bit. He'll be fine. It's just a matter of will he play against the Rockets. And uh, I, I hope if he's if he's good to go, he's good to go. If he's not, again, just rest. I don't want to see him pushing. I didn't like the fact that he kept going out there in the third. I'm like, look, clearly something's up. Stop doing this. But again, AD, I think you know he. I don't think he'll admit this publicly, but I think he's aware of the notion that he's not tough and he's out there to prove, hey, I'll die out here if you don't think I will. And I'm like, okay, don't don't do that. Like, don't let Twitter bully you into hurting yourself. It's okay. Just miss the game you don't have to be a hero uh but i think he kind of suffers from he's a little he's a little too willing to play hurt because of all those jokes and i just hope you know the medical staff can convince them hey it's okay like fine they're gonna they're gonna get the jokes off for a day let them get the jokes off for a day don't miss two weeks because you wanted to prove that you wouldn't miss one day you know so something to monitor but i like i said i think it's gonna be fine and we'll see maybe he doesn't even miss any games and he plays against the rockets but do you um, how, how worried are you about houston on the road they've been playing a lot better lately if the lakers go three and five you know i'm saying with ad not playing that's not a good start to the season for a team that has championship aspirations i think they're gonna beat the rockets regardless i just have a feeling they're just gonna i feel like the rockets are gonna come down a little bit and lebron's gonna be like i got this guys don't worry about it so, three straight l's man that would be tough It'll be tough, yes. The, the road, and then you have Phoenix coming up. That's not an easy game on the road again. So they, they'll probably fall to three and six, which is again, and not- I wouldn't I wouldn't give Phoenix too much credit without Booker and Beal. You know what I'm saying? The Spurs beat That's them. That's true. Twice. That's true, but yeah, not that Wemby's better than LeBron, but Wemby was on the heater in, in that in the in those games. So I'm still a little nervous about that. Um, so I th- I think I think it's it behooves the Lakers to beat the Rockets and just Let's get out of that hole. We can't win on the road. Let's get, let's get, let's go even on this road trip. Let's win these next two games. So, you know, I agree with you. I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to ring the alarms just yet because there's a lot of context. A lot of players are out. It's super early. And I think the record's not a comparison of how good the team is. They've been in a lot of close games. They've already been in like two overtime games, you know, in like seven games. So like, 
and maybe even three, I think, actually. And then, you know, this game was like last second shot. So they've been in a lot of close games. And as we know, the schedule for the Lakers was so tough in the beginning. You know, Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers, Kings. Like, you know, you know how the NBA is. They put them in all these marquee no, matchups. Didn't play the Warriors yet, did you? Oh, no, we didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking about last year. We played the Warriors. Uh, this yeah. Year. yeah. So we yeah, played the Nuggets, Denver, Kings, Clippers. Yeah. yeah. So it's been tough. It's been a tough schedule. Even the Heat, you know, they, they haven't been that great. But, again, that's still a marquee matchup on the road against a team that used to be LeBron's former team. And, you know, they still have Jimmy Butler. And he can be touching goal in the regular season. But he also knows when the big moments come. So I think it's been it's been a rough schedule. So I'm actually looking forward to a Rockets game. I think they'll be like, okay, they've been playing better. But they're still the Rockets. Let's see what happens. And Whoa, I think LeBron's going to Okay. Be I think Ime's got, got some for you, Edwin. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, we, now we got the clip. If the Rockets kill us, I'll, I'll use this on the IG and be like, look, this guy did not know. He doesn't know ball. <laughs> Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat, by the way. Yeah. You could have played him up a little more. I, I could have, but, you know. In the Magic, by the way. I want, I what happened with that job again? Why doesn't he have that job? <laughs> Who? Oh, Ime? Oh, Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't, spell, can't spell dime without Ime. What? I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to go parading that. Oh. <laughs> All right, moving on there. We'll see what happens with Lakers Rockets coming up. Uh, we'll talk about it, of course, next week. All right. So what we're gonna talk about right now, though, is Harden debuts. Of course, New York, New York, off Broadway. Harden is a Clipper. He plays against uh, the New York Knicks, and guess what? They didn't figure it all out on the first day. They lost. Dime. What happened, man? We're, we're just going to skip over the Lakers getting clapped by Orlando. They're doing chronological. <laughs> you you want to go there first? Uh, oh, are we still planning to go there? We, we, we were not going to go there. <laughs> no. It was a bad but game. If, if they you didn't, want rebound, to they didn't rebound. And nobody, D'Lo had the worst game I've ever seen him play in his entire career. I'm actually not kidding. Wow. That's, couldn't guard a soul. Would... Okay. Guard a soul. And he was missing every single shot. It was insane. I like D'Lo, by the way, but it was insane. But anyway, we can go to Harden. Yeah, yeah, which is real quick on D'Lo, and then, then we'll go to Harden. So, yeah, uh, D'Lo, he's interesting because when D'Lo has games like that, my men mentions are always like, this is why we shouldn't have brought him back. This is why he's not the guy. And I'm like, and my response was like, okay, given the cap situation, who would you have gotten? And usually I get crickets. They're like, I don't know, but not this guy. And I'm like, exactly. That's my point. Like. D'Lo has his flaws, but D'Lo, he's going to have those games. He's going to have his really, really good games, right? So that's just part of the D'Lo experience. I think for now, I think it was the best situation for both teams at this point. He was the best option available realistically without, like, mortgaging um, something big. And you brought him back. He gets his money. He gets paid. I think he likes being a Laker. seems like he he does like being a Laker. And, hey, you know, December 9th or whenever that date is, we can talk about is there an upgrade that needs to be made is there an upgrade that's available right now? I would say there isn't, but we don't know what star is going to be dissatisfied with their current situation or what team is going to be looking to, you know, sell. We'll see. Does D'Lo make it the whole year? Honestly, I'd say it's 60-40. He does, but it's 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 almost a 50-50 at this point um, because, you know, we just have to see how things go with the Lakers and how good the team is. But, yeah, that was definitely not a good D'Lo game. He's going to have those, and he's going to have some games where he's the man, he's the guy, and he's the reason the team won, uh, just like he did in the Western Conference playoffs when he he was cooking the Warriors, and he's one right of the reasons now, he won that series. 
but right now, though, Edwin, he's shooting 28% from three. Like, that's low even for him. You know what I'm saying? As a Laker, he was 41% yeah. last year. The previous uh, season with Minnesota, he was 34%, which is, is average, but 28%. I think the Lakers as a team, you guys are not shooting the three ball well at all. We knew you weren't a very good shooting team. Like, Reddish, yeah. I think his defense has been better than expected, but he's not He's not a very good shooter. Like, I was like LeBron giving the ball in that last possession. Like, I wasn't convinced that Reddish was ever going to make that shot. You know, especially a no, big, I wasn't big, big moment shot. That's the thing. Um, and then you have Reeves. I mean, how's Reeves? I don't know what Reeves' percentage on the season is from three, but I feel like you could still be getting a little more from him. I think LeBron and AD have been really good. But I, and see, I'm usually not the guy. Like, when, when a team is losing a lot, or not, not, I'm not losing a lot, but I don't know. Would you say the Lakers have underachieved so far this season? What was your, we didn't make any, did we make predictions for the next round of games? I don't think we did. Well, I predicted every game the Lakers have. So we can go to my. Oh, so that's that's a good question for you then. And what did you have at this point? At this point. All right, let me pull it up. I think I had them. I think I had them. The record flipped. I think they had them four and three instead of three and four. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Um, I'll try to see if I can. No, download no problem. Later, but, you know, I got it. Is, so I, I had know. them right now. They should be. Uh, not including the Houston game because it hasn't happened. They should have one, two. Yeah, they should have four victories, according to me, and they have three. So they're only one off. And given the injuries and everything, um, I think that's okay. Um, I did have them beating the the Rockets, so they'll be either two or three off, depending on if they win or lose. And then I had them losing to Phoenix. So I had them splitting the next two games. So we'll see how they go. They're only a little bit off. I would say they've underachieved a little again they've already had some injuries you know no Rui no Prince you know maybe no AD you know they they they've struggled a lot no there Gabe Vincent no Gabe Vincent which you know <laughs> yeah I know Mr. Yeah. so far but I still think he can help a little bit offensively he will be he'll be better he'll even be defensively better. he hasn't looked that bad I just think especially D'Lo and Austin Reeves need to play a little bit of a at a higher level I think Anthony Davis and LeBron have actually been as good as as you'd expect them to be Yes. But I think, and usually when a team is not doing as well as I thought they would do, it's always you can find a way that the stars aren't playing quite well enough. But I think LeBron, at least in the Orlando game, even though the defense wasn't great, his defense was actually better than most other games so far this season, in, in my opinion. He was creating a couple of turnovers, so his effort was a little higher. But overall, I think they've been doing their thing, like what you expect. I really genuinely think it's the supporting cast, everyone else. Lots to make excuses for the stars, but straight up, I, that's just what I'm seeing, and I'm, I'm quick to – be on stars. I think two people are way too soft on stars these days, yeah. especially LeBron. But they, I think that right now it's genuinely the other guys need to step up. They need to make shots and everybody needs to do a better job rebounding to me. But one guy yeah. I'll, I'll give the Lakers. That's been very impressive to me on both ends is Christian Wood. I've actually been very yeah. impressed with him. Yeah. Christian Wood has been great. I mean, he, he was a huge factor in beating the Phoenix Suns at first home game. He's, he really gave uh, Durant a lot of trouble in that fourth quarter. He was hitting a bunch of threes against the Miami Heat. I think he had three or four three-pointers, including a couple late in the game to, to really cut that deficit down. Yeah, he's been great. Like, he's been – there's there's no notes for Christian Wood. And, yeah, you're right. To ask LeBron or AD more at this point, it's just you're, – you're just not watching the game if you think that. Because, like, LeBron's already giving you, like, 35 minutes. Uh, AD's giving you – he's leading the team in points. He's leading the team in rebounds. He's leading the team in minutes played. He's leading the team in minutes per game. Like, how much more can you ask him? He, he had like seven blocks the other day. Like he's doing everything. Yeah, you're right. Like those, those the five out system they have right now is is allowing for open shots to the wing and the players aren't converting it. Gabe hasn't been converting them when he was playing. Austin isn't, you know, uh, Cam Reddish, prime example. That play was set up for that and he, he didn't hit it. 
Torian Prince has been probably the only one who's who has hit it, and then he was out. Rui has been struggling when he was playing. He's reportedly going to be back uh, against the Rockets, so we'll see. So they're underachieving. They're not hitting those shots. They got to hit those shots. I think overall they will regress to the mean because, as you as you've mentioned, if what you mentioned is true, which it is, that oh. D'Lo hit like this and Austin hit like this last year. And so far they haven't. We got to remember, it's only been like two weeks. So that means they'll probably go back to those kind of averages. And when you if you give me those buckets, that's where those wins come in. These are close games. They got to hit those shots. And again, everyone's um, dogging Cam about that corner three, which I get. It was the final play of the game. But I, re- I rewatched the game earlier today. And I'm like, Austin missed a lot of really good looks in that fourth quarter. I'm like, he missed a lot of really good looks. That that would have tipped the tipped it over before the the final play of the game. I'm like, oh, he, he kind of got away with it because everyone remembers the Cam Reddish three. I'm like, uh, Austin, you missed like three really good looks in the final two minutes of a one point game. <laughs> so, but hey, that's what happens. And Austin acknowledged that he's like, hey, I got to be better. He's like, everyone's talking about that final shot. I missed a bunch of shots. And I'm like, yeah, you really did. So, I think they'll they'll get it together. But yes, your record is what your record is. And right now, they are underachieving on paper. They're a little bit behind my projections, but only by like a game. Let's see if they can make that up. Uh, in the coming games. All right, so you can't put it off anymore, Dime. Harden is a Clipper. He played in the Garden. What happened? Looked like a team that of guys that just got together at the park and said, "Hey, let's 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 let's, let's run straight up." Totally discombobulated. I think everybody was trying to be in between being aggressive and then still sacrificing. Like you had Kawhi that shot only one shot in the second and fourth quarter, and then he shot nine in the third. And then Paul George, like the, he would go from not shooting for four minutes to, to shooting two tough jumpers in the span of 45 seconds. James Harden didn't shoot one time in the first quarter, and then he scored the first seven points of the second quarter. Westbrook shot six shots in the first quarter and made four of them, only shot eight the rest of the game. Felt like he just, now he's trying to get everybody involved. It just felt so weird, as weird as I expected it to look. But then again, it is still the first game. And then defensively, we get worse because you replace Robert Covington in the starting five with James Harden, who was trying. I'll give him his credit. He was trying to fit in. You know, he was playing off the ball when Russ was in in the beginning. But he's not going to move that much. However, I did see him set a couple off-ball screens. Like He's at least trying to fit in. And he didn't do too much ball pounding. He only tried to foul bait one time. He shot mid-ranges. So I'll give him credit. I wasn't disturbed by the performance at all but he slows us down and inherently i just I, give me nico and roko back sorry <laughs> yeah um i felt i felt similar uh watching um the recap of the game and watching clips of the game um i do like the starting five i think i think it I, i'm i'm tor- I, i'm curious to see in a month if this is the same starting five they're gonna go pg Kawhi, zoo russ harden or does someone have to get relegated part of that sacrifice if that's Russ, if that's Harden, I don't think I think it's the only two options really because of, to go to the bench because you're not going to bench PG, Kawhi, or Zoo. I don't think. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how how they develop with that and how the the kind of you know um, hierarchy of that team goes, or if this will this will be the five when everyone's healthy and how that goes. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely a lot of like fish out of water. They're not comfortable. They're figuring it out. Uh, and I think that they will figure that out. I think this team still is going to be really, really good. Uh, it's just that the Knicks are already more established. They have a coach who knows what he's doing and has his own philosophy and has his own roster set. So it was going to be it was going to be hard to win this game like off the jump. But I think overall it was an okay debut. 
And, you know, I think Tyloo's going to get it together. I think Tyloo figured out the rust thing. I think Tyloo can figure out the hardest this thing. Is, this is going to be a tough test for Tyloo, man, because the thing is, these guys don't want to come off the bench. And yeah. it just feels like, yeah, you can drop a good play on a given possession. But if you got to give the ball to Harden or Russ, the ball might not go into Pagua and Paul George's hands as much. And sometimes yeah. less is more. And, and I think – I love the way we were set up before because it forced Kawhi and Paul to be aggressive and no one would get really in the way of that. And Russ was doing a good job table setting. We also lost our deep. I mean, the same problem the Lakers had against Orlando where they just got completely outworked. That happened to the Clippers in the second half. The Knicks were flying everywhere and I know they're a good offensive rebounding team. One of the best, if not the best in the league. But DiVincenzo, yeah. Mitchell Robinson, these guys were just completely all over us in the second half and dominating on the interior. We were already kind of small in the, at the forward position, but you lose Robert Covington and Nikos, two six nine guys with long wingspans that had started the season well defensively. Again, you're asking too much of Kawhi and Paul to me, and now you're making Harden and Russ guard more. And Russ, he's been good this season so far, but since the Harden trade, these last two games, hasn't been as good. He's been gambling a little too much. Then you have Harden who, yeah, he's good at guarding in the post and he has good hands, but come on, face guarding face-up guys, he's kind of a cone. On screens, he dies. And you make – and let's – not even get into Ivica Zubac, who had five turnovers and has been awful to start this season. Awful. Looks like he's lost all his confidence. Not going up strong at the rim, not dunking the ball, not commanding the paint defensively the same way, missing free throws. It's been really rough for Zu. I hope he gets his confidence back. And hopefully Harden giving him easy baskets in the pick and roll can help him find that confidence again. Yeah, I think I, it might be. I don't know, but it, I'm guessing it could also be tough, just another star. And Zoom's not that kind of player. You know, he's kind of quiet. He keeps to himself. He might just be kind of feeling like, what's going on? Like, you know, all these superstars, and I'm just like, what was my role? You know, Chris Bosh struggled with that with Miami. That was obviously Chris Bosh's Hall of Fame player, but he still struggled with like, well, am I just am I just picking up the ball here? Like, what, what's going for me? You know, am I going to eat or am I just kind of here just, you know, experiencing what's happening? So especially for Zoo, who's definitely like the lowest in terms of like, popularity and he's not ball dominant he's a big right we talk about that with ad all the time like you know how do you get him going how do you get him you know to to be aggressive and to get his own shot i mean zoo you know he didn't he played 30 minutes he was still three for three in the, the few shots he did have he did convert on so it's like okay how can we get him into actions how how can we make sure he's implemented and not just hey you know set the pick you're gonna roll but like i'm never gonna give you the ball and like you know like th those those kind of issues can happen right and, and that makes the pick and roll less effective because, as you know, when a big nose, they're not going to get the ball. They're not going to set the pick as hard because they're like, whatever, I'm just out here. All those kinds of things are things that Tyler's going to have to navigate. What makes Harden better in the pick and roll so much better for uh, Zoo than Russ is teams will go under the screen with Russ, whereas Harden, they'll fight over the top, and Harden's such a good pocket passer. And so yeah. Zoo should get some buckets. The thing is, Harden loves lob threats like Capella or pick and pop yeah. guys, and Zoo's neither. So yeah, it works. doesn't have the lift for that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they'll have to figure it out. Maybe, maybe um, you're going to get more zoo threes. I think then he'll, if he, if he drives and they over, they over defend on the pick and roll, that, that'll be something I'll definitely be watching is how they do threes. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. I want, I want to see how many right now I'm going to look at how many total threes he's taken his entire career. Oh, Let's that's see. a good one. Okay. L look that up. Uh, and um, 
I mean, Powell gave you a good game too, you know, 14 points off the bench. There, there is a good utilization of the bench, I think, overall. You know, Highland still had his 22 minutes. So, you know, we'll see. I, I'll be curious to see. Like, that's going to be my biggest takeaway at this point is how they navigate that starting five and if we see some changes with not because of the injury, but just in general, how Tyloo navigates. I think that's what one thing Tyloo does well. He knows how to handle personalities. He handles LeBron. I, th- I think people didn't give him credit back then because they thought, oh, it's just it's just LeBron's team. It's like, no, no, Tyloo, he was able to kind of navigate that. He would even able to get call out LeBron when he needs to be like, hey, you're not playing defense. You know, like we got to get you going. And he was able to, he still had that authority and respect, not only because he's a player, but because he's, you know, he's got a good basketball mind. And then now that he, the one thing I do like about Tyloo being in the Clippers, it proves that, hey, look, see, LeBron's not there, and guess what? He 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 had a, he had good years, bad years, but overall he's done a good job. I know you like him more than uh, than Doc Rivers there. <laughs> yeah, you know, at running running the Clippers. Yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, 12 threes his entire career, Zoo. So it's not. I mean, and let's the last time he took one, last season he took two. Yeah, and then zero in twenty twenty two. So I don't know about Harden, man. Watch, watch. I'm I'm calling. You know what? I'm calling it now. He takes at least one before our next pod. Oh, you know. Wow, Zubats. Okay, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna uh, back that up with some cash, are you? Because I would <laughs> be, losing, be losing some there. I'm uh, I'm still waiting for some checks. I just I just got. I'm still getting onboarded, so we're gonna have to hold off on the on the cash bets, but okay. we can do some later. I was gonna say, <laughs> but no, I was gonna, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, yeah. As far as Ty Lu. There's one thing that is going to hurt us with this trade is now you get tinkering tie again and yeah. 10 games of, of just throwing things out there and weird lineups. And now that we have Harden, Bones, Norm, and Harden or Russ could be playing more. Yesterday they had Bones, Norm, and Harden in with, with Plumlee. Oh, my God. The disaster defensively. And Mason Plumlee got hurt. I really hope he gets better soon, but that was bad. They said it was a MCL injury, and he got yeah. carried off the floor. Think about it. We're talking about the Clippers being thin down low. You lose Mason Plumlee. Are you playing Musa Diabate now at the five, who's very raw, or PJ Tucker at the five who can't even jump off a, jump over a phone book right now? He looks totally Tucker, gone. Yeah. So the Clippers, are they going to get a, a big off the free agency market? Wenyon Gabriel, call Dwight Howard, Kai Jones. These are the names that people are throwing out there right now in Clippers. I do Gabriel. I think Gabriel is a good player. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of Wenyon Gabriel. I, I, I would like definitely Gabriel. take too yeah, but i'd rather you like him. He's, he's a hard worker he he knows his role he understands what he needs to do on a team he's not gonna like you know jump jump off the stat sheet but he, you're gonna be like okay he gave us some good shifts he gave us some good minutes and he and he knows he knows how to defend he he knows how to crash the boards he knows how to attack the basket near the rim finish near the rim yeah i think you i think you could, i think when you're gabriel that that would be a good pickup I, w- I would be on board for that he's played for both la teams i mean he played for us for a little bit in 2022 i like i, I agree with everything you said but uh, I would actually like to test out a certain power forward from Oklahoma. Number 32, Blake Griffin. Bring him home, baby. Come on. Join the super team and just latch on for a ring for some minutes without Plumlee as a stretch big. It can't get much worse. <laughs> as one of my Chicago friends who's a Bulls fan says, it can always get worse. But <laughs> As a Clipper fan, it definitely can. But I don't know about with Blake I get what you're saying. Blake, yeah. yeah. For oh. the vibes. Bring yeah. Blake back for the vibes. I feel like. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more second before we go into the upcoming games here. I want to do a Sparks update. You know, we, we were talking about with it's Lakers, Clippers, Sparks. And obviously, Sparks, it's going to be a little bit longer before they get a, a big segment. But let's do a real short one here. You might be thinking, okay, well, what are you talking about? It's the offseason. Well, just like the NBA offseason, 
the WNBA offseason is also very active. And in the WNBA, actually, they, a lot of players play because it's kind of inverted from the NBA season. The, there's a longer offseason than the actual regular season. So many players, they either take the time to rest, do other things, or they play overseas. They play in EuroLeague. They play in China. They play in Mexico. They play in Athletes Unlimited, which is going to start kicking off later on um, you know, in the spring. So there's different things. And right now, a uh, couple of uh, Sparks players I want to highlight. One is uh, Derricka Hamby, who's right now playing with Team USA. They're obviously doing their long prep for the Olympics, which is coming up next year in France. Uh, spoiler, I, I'm going to try to go. I'm going to see if I can if I can get there. I'd love to cover all USA basketball, men's, women, 3x3. I want to do the whole thing, but you know that's a long process. We'll see if I can make it to France, but that would be awesome. And they're already working on that, and Derricka Hamby's um, part of Team USA right now. Essentially, they're looking to see what's that roster going to look like? Essentially, it's, it's all a big tryout, right? Trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen there? And, and she's there uh, playing a couple exhibition games. And we got Jordan Canada cooking for the Melbourne Booners. She was the player of the round in, in the, the recent round they had there in Australia, 10.5 points, five rebounds, and 9.0 assists. So I'm excited about that. So far, that's what's going on. We'll do a bigger update when we have uh, the WNBA draft lottery because uh, the Sparks have a chance of getting a top pick. And if you're keeping up with what's going on with women's college basketball, which just started, big names are going to be potentially available like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese. There's going to be a uh, page I think is going to be eligible and, and might, might declare. So this upcoming draft class uh, of uh, women's players looks like it's going to be one of the big ones like the, the NBA had with like 96 and things of that nature. So it's going to be interesting. So we'll talk about that when that comes up and we'll talk about uh, free agency and all that when those times come up. But that's the end of our Sparks update right now. And I'm looking forward to uh, more updates in the future. Just really quick on the NCAA. Are you going to go to uh, any USC games or anything like that? Dime, you have any plans on uh, checking out any of those things in person since you are here in the LA area? I'd love to. Absolutely love to check out UCLA, USC. I'm going to be working Pepperdine for some. So I'll be at Pepperdine. But I would okay. love to go. I would love to be at USC and uh, UCLA, especially with the yeah, around Bronny and uh, Isaiah. So it'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to go see Bronny once he gets cleared. Uh, LeBron actually talked about that, that he's he's advancing fine in his uh, treatment and that he should be doing contact soon. And then after that, they can get some games. Yeah, I, I love going to the, the Galen Center. Um, I've gone for a couple games uh, for when the Sparks played a couple times and when they, they couldn't use crypto because there was some, uh, I think, construction going on or something like that with, with the renovations. And yeah, I want to see I want to see Bronny play. I want to see Juju Watkins play. She just she just broke the record debut for most points in a, as, a, as a lady Trojan. She had thirty two points, uh, breaking the record from Lisa Lethe by two. I think she knew. I don't know. It seemed kind of petty that she she got it by two points. So and they they beat Ohio State, which was awesome because they were seventh ranked and the lady Trojans were only twenty first ranked. So yeah, it's great to see uh, all the college teams kind of playing at least at a quality that makes them all interesting. So definitely, you know, for just fun watching college basketball is a blast. All right, so let's go into the upcoming games we have here this week. All Lakers and Clipper games are on the same day, which is weird. They all play on the same day. So we have the same schedule, uh, just a little bit off on the actual times, but it's every day is the same. So let's start here that. Wednesday. Yeah, right? It's weird. I don't like it either. Eat it. <laughs> so we got tomorrow, Wednesday for us, we got Clippers Nets at 4.30, and we have Lakers Rockets, which we've talked about a lot at five. So since we already talked about Lakers Rockets, we'll kind of leave that one alone. We've kind of given our thoughts. Clippers Nets, Harden against his former team. What are you thinking about that game? No idea. No clue. Like I, I have no clue about this team anymore. Uh, I think it will be better than the Knicks game, but 
I've only seen extended highlights of the Nets this season and a couple of their first games. I actually have not even seen how they've done the last couple of games. So I legitimately can't tell you anything except for the fact that they have great personnel to guard our best players with Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikkel Bridges. Um, what's the other guy that I'm forgetting? Payne. Who? Payne. Roy, Royce O'Neal. Mm-hmm. You said Payne? Yeah. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. So those three guys, and then they just – do they have – is Claxton healthy? I think he's healthy. I'm not sure. Uh, Cam's been playing good over there, right? That's the name I've been Cam Thomas about. has. Yeah, Cam Thomas yeah. has been cooking. But, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen with Cam Thomas. Terrence Mann was listed as questionable for this game. He hasn't played yet this season. I would absolutely love if we could get Terrence back. But, yeah, I think they have good personnel to guard the Clippers. Oh, Ben Simmons. <laughs> That's what I was forgetting. Oh, of course. Ben ben, and Ben Simmons. It looks we hear like about this every day. Yeah. I can't believe we forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's only averaging six and a half points, but he's averaging 11 rebounds and seven yeah. assists a game. So, He's playing better than before. And then, yeah, you have those guys, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Thomas, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, no, Nick Claxton is not healthy. He's only played one game. Okay, yeah. So you know what? No Nick Claxton. I want to say we should win. We're definitely the better team on paper, but it's not where, the, where you play the games. Yeah, no, and, and especially still adjusting, like you said, to everything. I, I think in like two weeks, it'll be like, oh, that's a Clippers win. And I was like, well, it should be a Clippers win. So we'll see what happens. All right, now Friday night. We got Clippers, Mavericks at 5.30, and we got Lakers, Suns at 7. Let's start with Lakers, and we'll go Clippers. Lakers, Suns. Again, you seem more confident than me. I'm still nervous that KD is still KD. Who knows? Maybe something happens where another player gets added from the, their big three. You know, obviously, they've been out for a while. So I'm still nervous about this one. I had this predicted as a loss when the season started. What do you think about Lakers, Suns? I got the Lakers if AD plays. If AD doesn't play, I'm going with the Suns. But if AD plays, I'm going with the Lakers. After they lose to the Rockets, they're going to need a win. <laughs> Fair. And uh, I got the Lakers. Okay, cool. So Clippers, Mavericks. Yeah, Luka Magic again against the Clippers. What's going to happen there? Did, did you have the Lakers on a loss to Phoenix? Yeah, I'm going to say they lose, but they, they do beat the Rockets. So that, okay. that's my that's how I'm going to go with Yeah. The Mavericks? Well, the Mavericks are playing really good basketball right now. And again, I'm all about the rhythm and vibes and chemistry. When you start winning, it becomes addictive, like a drug, and the confidence just flows. And I think yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, Derek Lively, the rookie, has been really good this season. Grant Williams has been amazing so far this season. So I think Dallas is going to win that game. And Luka, oh, he always gives the Clippers the business. <laughs> and he he's, been really, he's been really great this season. And I heard Kyrie has been defending. I heard because I haven't watched the recent games. But I'm going with Dallas yeah. in that one. Okay, cool. All right, and then the final games before we do our next pod, that's going to be Sunday. Again, same, both teams playing. We got Clippers, Grizzlies, Lakers, Trailblazers. Uh, let, let's is go that, Lakers, is that, Trailblazers. Is that a two at Staples Center? We're both coming home and we get the JV treatment or you guys get the VAR treatment at night? No, no, we're still on the road. We're still on the road. No, I'm going to the game um, against the Grizzlies. We're back home. Yeah, yeah, and we're on the road. We're It's Lakers okay. at Trailblazers. Um, what is that right? I, I feel like that's not right. Let me let me double check that. Maybe I think we're, we have a day game, man. So I would think the Lakers maybe getting the VAR treatment that night because neither game will be on national television. Let's see, let's see. I might be wrong on that one because um, it's a four game road trip. I it would have to be five it. games. I kind of. No, you're right. It. You're right. You're right. The, the Lakers are going to be here uh, playing against Portland. Yeah. I've I've you're always right. wanted to do the Clipper day game, stay in downtown, go to the Laker game at night on the same day thing. That'd and be fun. The last year I can do it. 
Laker tickets are just so expensive, but this might be the one. I got a friend's house not too far from Stable Center. Maybe go chill with him for a bit, get some food after the game, maybe hang out at Tom's, get a few drinks. Bam! Laker game, but I don't want to wear a Clipper jersey to it. I think I could have a change of clothes. I don't want to be that guy. I hate being that guy that wears the jersey of a team that's not participating. Like that's also my pet peeve. I, I don't hate yeah. it, but I don't do it. I'm like, I, and I, I find it so weird. So you see that in soccer games, right? You go to like a LAFC game or a Galaxy NFL game. They'll, they'll wear like a Real Madrid jersey. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this has nothing to do with this team. And the players not here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Seahawks jerseys at like Rams Cowboys. I'm like, what's happening? Like, it wasn't it wasn't a buffet. Like, you were supposed to bring <laughs> something from there, or don't bring anything. Just bring a regular T-shirt. But to bring a, I I don't get that. I, I'm also, the same. I think a video would of that would do great. Like on my channel, like uh, going to a Lakers Laker and Clipper game in the same day. Yeah. No, I agree. Cool. I think. I can see everyone at, I can see at the game. You could, you could. If it's not a Sunday, I don't go on Fridays and Sundays because they're telling oh, me. Oh, it's off. a Sunday then. I'm sorry. You know. Yeah, yeah, I won't be there. But... I should wear nothing. It, well, like clothes that are not <laughs> clothes that are not that are not no uh, team paraphernalia. Yeah, go neutral. Black t-shirt, black t-shirt, oh, black ones. I got some. <laughs> the thing is though, see that here's the problem. Are, am I going to get too much like shit for wearing a Laker jersey? Because I've got some vintage guys, like fire vintage. Like I have a Kareem jersey. I have a Magic jersey. You get I cooked got, a little. You would get cooked a little. I will you get cooked get... a little because the Clipper yeah. fans are like. But I, I only wear rock throwbacks. Like it's more about the player than the team. I got one jersey, bro, that I would get so many compliments for if I were to a game. It's priceless. Eddie Jones. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah you would. You would. You would. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you would. Yeah, you put it on Twitter. Rock, no, I'm not going to take a picture. <laughs> if you put that on Twitter, yeah, you'll definitely – yeah, you'll hear it from put both on my vlog, On my vlog, somebody with a Clipper fan like, Dime, we're seeing you wear purple and gold, make you want to yak. The thing yeah. is, I just don't have that kind of smoke for the Lakers. Like, I have these jerseys, though. They're vintage yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I may just be like, fuck you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I would love to see it. You know, I'm, we're bringing no, you to the it, You know what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to screenshot one of the, the vlog yeah. and like diamond, purple and gold. We've officially gotten him. To we it. did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make it my Twitter guy, heavy. You know, there's a guy, Danny from LA. Shout out to Danny from LA. He's been following me since the beginning. He legitimately thinks, even though my uncle, shout out to my uncle, by the way, it's his birthday. The night we're recording this 40th birthday, biggest Laker fan. I know he, lives and breathes this team he was just as enthusiastic about the lakers when you guys drafted d'lo as the second yeah. overall pick as he was when the lakers were winning championships so that's the type of enthusiasm he has for the lakers um and he uh i don't even know why i brought that up no no it's all good man shout out shout out to your to your uncle you mentioned him as a oh as a danny from la my uncle had been trying to get me to switch sides since I was seven years old. <laughs> and he, you know, if, my, if I'm not going to listen to my uncle doing it at our lowest, when we had Donald Sterling still, Danny yeah. from LA, when we have a new stadium bomber and all the a super team, he's never, he's just going to be, you know, preaching to the sky for the rest of my life on Dime Dropper. My hope, my goal is by the end of Dime Dropper, when to get Dime to be a Lakers fan. Like, how do you, Danny? <laughs> we'll see, man. You never know. Never say never. You say never twice. All right, so that, that wraps up our episode today. This is a really great one. Uh, we'll see where the Lakers are, where the Clippers are. The storylines will continue. Uh, once again, he creates 88, a.k.a. Edwin Garcia, and we got Dime Dropper here. 
Thank you so much. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're liking it. Make sure you're subscribing. Put a comment. It really means a lot. We got big numbers on that Harden episode, which we really appreciate. You know, things are growing really well. Thank you, and James we're Harden. Yeah, thank you, James Harden. Yeah, James giveth, James taketh away. So <laughs> we appreciate that. And uh, make sure you're subscribed on all podcast platforms you uh, enjoy listening to podcasts on. And we'll see you next week.